guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Monday, the 27th of February, 2023, and tonight was Monday Night Raw. I thought tonight's Monday Night Raw was a very productive show. I thought it built up a lot of things going forward into WrestleMania. We got, what, five things announced for next week's Monday Night Raw. We got new tag team champions and so much more, but honestly, I would say that Tonight's Raw was better than most. I will say that as far as it being newsworthy, as far as it building towards future things, and all of that. And plus, it's pretty good wrestling as well. But we got Luke here with us over this way. Luke, what's going on? And what do you think of tonight's Raw? Um, I thought Raw was productive. I thought it was a very like interesting Raw. Like I did not expect them to go like all in on like Lesnar and Omos. I thought there was going to be like something something else that would like go into that. Right. I didn't expect them to be like yeah, it's confirmed it's going to be Brock versus Omos, but we'll get into that later, but I thought it was a very productive raw. Only they announced some stuff for like Mania, <clears throat> they announced some something for Friday Night Smackdown. Yeah, that too. Like I said, they're doing a lot of getting us going through this what they call Road to WrestleMania and announcing a bunch of stuff. So, I did find it funny though is the show opens up with the Usos, and we'll get into that and everything. Well, not the Usos, but Jimmy and Solo. Street Profits come out. They get the big pop for coming out, and then the crowd is just dead silent when Montez Ford is talking and trying to be funny. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I found that kind of weird, that they just got dead silent as soon as Montez started talking. But... With that, we'll get into all of that and more. And I want to say thank you if you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited or youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime, because remember, if you either have an Amazon Prime subscription or are or have access to somebody else's Amazon Prime, then you subscribe right here. No extra cost. All you do is you take that Amazon account, you take that Twitch account, you link them together, bada bing, bada boom, and you're Prime Gaming. Also, remember, you can help us out over on YouTube by becoming a channel member or donating a, a um, super chat in the YouTube live chat. All of that is greatly Greatly appreciated. And also, don't forget to head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Hogwarts Legacy, whether you're pre-ordering The Last of Us Part 1 on PC, whether you're getting Spider-Man or Spider-Man's Miles Morales, claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, well, you can use our code PWUnlimited right down here at checkout at no extra cost. And I didn't say Rumbleverse because not only was Rumbleverse going away, but Rumbleverse is gone. Rumbleverse is done. Rumbleverse has officially been shut down, unfortunately. So you can't use the code there anymore. But use it for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. Just type in P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. And you'll be supporting us at no extra cost. But as far as Monday Night Raw does go, actually the first thing we see is Becky Lynch and Lita showing up at the building. A video package then recapped the Sammy slash Uso angle from SmackDown. Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa entered for their match, 
and Jimmy knew that people thought there were cracks in the bloodline, but it only looked that way from the outside. The bloodline was a family, and family fought all the time. The crowd then chanted for Sami Zayn. Jimmy said that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn failed when they go uh, failed when they go after them. Jimmy then moved on to Cody Rhodes, and the crowd chanted for Cody. Jimmy asked the fans if they thought Rhodes would get one over on the bloodline, and the crowd cheered. Jimmy said, hell no, he ain't. Street Profits had interrupted. Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins tossed a few insults at the bloodline, and the crowd went silent, as I stated. They then said, we've got Jimmy Uso. We've got Solo Sokoa. And the number 90 rated in the next WWE video game, Jet. Oh, wait, no, where's Jay? No Jay Uso. If you don't know, Jay is rated 90 in WWE 2K23. Jimmy rated 89. So they made some jokes about Jay not being there. Jimmy then warned them not to talk about Roman. And Ford and Dawkins attacked them and basically set up the intro for our first match of the night. But what did you think of this opening segment? I thought it was very interesting. I'm really curious to see what the whole Jay thing is going to lead to. I mean, like obviously, he's going to eventually go back to Jimmy and Solo, but the question is, how? Right. So that that's where I'm like very interesting. It's very interesting to see how that's going to go. So as far as the opening match does go, it was Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa taking on the team of the Street Profits. And my notes froze. Let me refresh those really fast. I hate when this happens. Uh, Melvin in the Twitch chat says, how can Rumbleverse be gone? I'm still playing it. I think today's the final day you can play it. Yeah. Today's the final day you can play it, I believe. So it's like, you only got a couple more hours. <clears throat> so Solo Sokoa took control ahead of a commercial break and remained in control when they returned. Dawkins avoided a second running hip attack and hit a running back elbow. Ford then made the hot tag and hit Jimmy with some strikes, a back suplex, and a standing moonsault for a two. Ford followed this up later with an impressive flying crossbody for a near fall. Sokoa then made the blind tag while Ford gave Jimmy a spine buster. Dawkins then tagged in, but Sokoa shoved Ford off the top to the outside and superkicked Dawkins. Sokoa then dropped Dawkins with a Simone spike and pinned him to pick up the victory. I'll say right here, fun opening match. Everything went great. No one messed anything up, it seemed like, and they had a lot of fun. crowd had a lot of fun, and I had a lot of fun watching the actual match. So what did you think of the match? Oh, yeah, the match was definitely good. I mean, it was pretty obvious that Jimmy and Solo were winning. Oh, well, they have to, yeah. And, like, Street Profits, they're one of those guys where if you beat them, it won't affect them that much, so they could take the loss in this one. Right. As we move on forward, oops, clicked the wrong thing. Um, the Bloodline attacked the Street Profits after the match. So Sokoa was going to basically kill Montez Ford like he did to um, Matt Riddle. He put him in the corner. He put the chair over his neck, and then in would come, who I thought at first might have been Sami Zayn, all in the black hoodie and everything, but it was Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens appears, super kicks Solo, stunners Jimmy, and then runs off before anything else can happen. So there we go. Kevin Owens makes the save, and they let us know on commentary. Remember, Kevin Owens is not saving people here. 
He just wants to help stop the bloodline. So, so two things. One, kind of surprised there was no Sammy tonight because I thought they could try to like build up Sammy, trying to like get Kevin Owens like, hey, we need to team up and take down the bloodline and stuff. And two, like when when Solo did that like chair hit to Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble. One thing that shocked me is that Kevin Owens came back sooner from that chair hit than Matt Riddle did. Because well, correct me if I'm they're wrong. Trying to play up that wasn't the Matt Riddle. They didn't do the. They didn't do the same thing they did to Riddle though. They never put the like the chair over his neck, did they? At Royal Rumble, I don't think they did. I think they just. I'm pretty sure they did. I'm pretty. Sure, I think they just handcuffed him and beat the crap out of him with the chair, but they never did like the 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 splash or whatever. The hip attack to the chair. If I'm thinking correctly. So I don't think they actually did the same move to Owens. Owens was always just beaten down probably, and then handcuffed. I look that up real quick. Go for it. Let me know what you find. So as we move on forward, we had the VIP lounge with MVP. Special guest was supposed to be Brock Lesnar. Before MVP could even come out, out would come Brock Lesnar. Brock enters first, and without waiting for the host, Lesnar basically shook some hands with some fans and politely said, how do you do? And took a seat awaiting MVP. MVP would then enter and slowly make his way down to the ring. Lesnar kind of like nodded along with MVP's music. Lesnar then invited MVP to get in the ring, and MVP was like, ah, I'm good right here. And he's like, no, 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 no. Get in the ring. We got business to take care of. And MVP's like, just business? No suplex city? And Brock's like, no. I'm not going to throw any suplexes tonight. And MVP's like, oh. Well, then that's reassuring. I'll get in the ring. Yeah, let's talk business. And Brock was a man of his word. I'll say that. MVP gladly entered the ring. And Lesnar immediately reminded him that he called him a coward last week. Lesnar uh, thought that MVP may have been kidding and asked MVP to sell me on this fight with Omas. Because that's what we call him, Omas. Or something like that. He never called him actually Omas. He never said the word name right. He's like Omas. Or Omos. No, he kept calling him Omos. That's what it was. Omos. He's like, sell me. I know you could do it. Sell me and everybody in this building, everybody watching, why I should accept this match. MVP said that everyone fell to Lesnar except Bobby Lashley. Lesnar was mistaken to think that he could handle a giant the way that he handled everybody else. A giant can fight back, and Lesnar wouldn't be able to do anything to the giant Omos. Lesnar said, you know what? I like this. I like the way you do business, and I accept the match. Let's high-five. And they high-fived, and I'm like sitting here losing my shit thinking this is so funny. So he's like, well... Now we need to drink on it. And MVP's like, yeah, I got champagne right here. Let me pop a bottle. And Brock's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just old farm boy. I don't drink that sophisticated stuff. And he pulls a flask out from his vest. So he pulls the flask out. And he's like, yeah, I got this good stuff. The white lightning. So he takes a drink. Hands it to MVP. MVP takes a drink. Gets grossed out and spits it right in the face of Brock Lesnar. Brock's got spit and, and drink all over his face. And so MVP hands him his little kerchief, or whatever you call it, and he wipes his face, blows his nose in um, MVP's hanky, 
And when he goes to hand it back to MVP, he grabs him and hits him with an F5. I thought this was great. Uh, honestly, I thought this was better than great. I thought this was fan-freaking-tastic. I loved this segment. What did you think? It was definitely better than what I expected, honestly. I'm kind of surprised no Omos, though. Yeah, me too. Even, like, just for a second to go face-to-face -face with Brock. Well, more like face-to-face -face with Brock, but still. Or I was also kind of surprised when Lesnar hit that F5 on MVP. Surprised Omos didn't really like come out to really try to like right? stop Brock or anything. Even like like you would think that would happen. Because I was expecting, you know, no Omos out there. I'm like, okay, where's Omos? What the hell? So I thought maybe like after Brock hit that MVP, I'm sitting here going, Oh, Omos is gonna be at the top of the ramp waiting for him or something. Brock's walking backwards or whatever, and boom, there's Omos. But no, nothing. Nothing at all. Which is kind of weird. And those are the two things that I was like, there's something missing here, and it was him. And there was no Sammy. I thought those two should have been on the show. In the back, Kathy Kelly uh, interviews Becky Lynch and Lita about their upcoming tag team title match. Lita wanted to make history again. She says she's always been around tag, uh, tag team champions, but never had the opportunity to win a tag title herself until now. This is something she, along with Becky, can write off their bucket list. Becky's like, hey, I never actually made this known before, but this is something I've always wanted to do, be a tag team champion. Lynch said that Bailey could get involved if she wanted to, but they'd take care of her too. So they basically alluded to having Trish earlier, but never actually said, we got somebody here. Just wanted us to think like they got a plan. Um, moving forward, Cody Rhodes came out for his next match with Chad Gable. He gave his weight belt to a young fan in the front row, which was very, very cool to see. Cody putting smiles on children's faces. Gotta love it. So Cody Rhodes took on... Put a smile on my face <laughs> on Saturday, so... Tell the story. Tell them what happened. Show them. Show them. So, yeah. So, before the... So, be, I was at a live event on Saturday. And before the event started, I bought a Cody Rhodes belt at the gift shop. Thinking... I was thinking, like, all right. I'll, I'll be sitting in front row. Cody will eventually sign it. And he did. Right here. Very nice. The signature is right, right here. Oh, right over the nightmare. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Kind of hard to see on camera because yeah. it's over the nightmare, but yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Speaking of Cody, Cody took on Chad Gable in a 10 and a half minute match. They went to break maybe a minute and a half in after Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes hit a reverse the superplex. Coming back from the break, Gable had gained control after Rhodes was distracted by Otis. Gable worked over Rhodes' leg, but Rhodes dodged a diving headbutt and followed this up with a power slam and a disaster kick for a two. The crowd continued to chant for Cody, who applied a figure four, but Gable got to the ropes to break the hold. Rhodes went for another move off the middle rope, but Gable caught him in midair and hit a great, great German suplex for a two. Gable then followed this up with a cliffhanger DDT and a moonsault for yet another two count. And then both got fired up and exchanged chops before Rhodes tossed Gable from the ring. Gable signaled for Otis, but Otis was kind of distracted off screen. So Rhodes hit a suicide dive to Gable. Otis was still looking off screen like he was waiting or looking for someone. Cody then walked up, put his arm around Otis and was like, what are you looking for, bud? Is she over there? You looking for somebody? Da, da, da. And they start staring off into the crowd and pointing and whatnot. And 
Otis eventually was like, oh, I'm, I'm not supposed to be friends with you. And he goes after Cody. Once he realized what was going on. He's like, aren't you supposed to be? You'd think he said something if I heard it correctly. He's like, aren't you supposed to be in there? Or He like asked Cody why he's dealing with him and not in the ring or whatever. Cody sidesteps Otis and Otis tumbles into the crowd. Back in the ring, Cody hits a Cody cutter and a crossroads to pick up the victory. And I think it was, I think Kevin Patrick called the crossroads one of the best finishers in pro wrestling or something like that. Or one of the cool, the best moves in the company. So putting Cody and, you know, putting him over big going into WrestleMania. What did you think of the match itself? I thought it was a decent match. I mean, I feel like it could have been better. A little bit. Because I thought these I thought these two would work perfectly in the ring together. Yeah, the one thing that kind of took me out of it was the Otis thing where Cody walked over and was like being cool with them or whatever. And I'm like, what are we doing? What is what is this for at all? But whatever. It worked. After the yeah, ring. They were, they were kind it. of focusing on Otis and Mac the Otis and Maximum Male models. They were focusing on that more than like oh. the actual match, I felt like. Get it straight. It's not Otis. It's Otis. <laughs> Anyways. Cody grabs the mic after the match and says there's only 33 days till WrestleMania and he has yet to stand toe-to-toe with his opponent, Roman Reigns. Cody then said, quote, I'm ecstatic that Roman Reigns is on SmackDown this Friday because I'll be there too. So there we go. Cody's going to be on SmackDown and fast forward. Paul Heyman said later in the night, Cody better find Roman or Roman's going to find him on Friday night. So that should be interesting. The first time Cody and Roman go face to face. So Roman is going to be there to deal with Jay, but Cody is technically kind of going to be the disruptor. And I like it. I like it a lot. As we move forward, Byron Saxon tried interviewing Baron Corbin. This was so, so stupid. Tried interviewing Baron Corbin. And Baron's like said something about, well, you're asking me all the same things, saying all the same things that the fans have been saying, everything that JBL said to me. And then all of a sudden, Saxon, I don't know, the dumbest way to do this, not that he saw Kevin Owens to the side. He's like, well, I'm getting word. I, I, I have to leave you right now. I have to walk away because, well, um, Kevin Owens is behind me. Like, what the fuck? What? Anyways, nitpicking, but it, it was kind of dumb. Just a way to get Byron Saxton or By- uh, Baron Corbin on the show. But anyways, he goes and interviews Kevin Owens. Owens said that the bloodline were suffering the consequences of their actions, and they weren't the only ones. Owens has been fighting them on his own for months and still didn't want anybody else's help. Okay, cool. This was really just a nothing happening, didn't need to be there segment. Basically, Kevin Owens repeating himself from last week. Yep. Exactly. Then we got a, a little funny. I'm, Go for it. I'm just going to say this right now, though. Like, I'm just going to say this right now. They really need to start. I know they have a little bit of time, but they really need to, like, try to, like, bring in Sammy more. Try to, like, build up Sammy and Kevin trying to take down the bloodline at Mania. Well, they got five more Raws and six more SmackDowns. I'd say... They'll probably wait till like the last Raw before Mania to like announce maybe KO and Sammy take on the Usos. I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Wait till the last minute. They're going to start. I think when we get to like maybe, and this is just me 
fantasy booking. Three weeks to go. We kind of maybe see Kevin turn as far as not turn like heel or anything, but turn as far as maybe, okay, me and this, me and Sammy together may not be a bad idea, but I'm still not fully sold. And then two weeks out, okay, I'm a little more sold, but I still don't really want to do it. And then finally the week of something happens and he's just like, all right, I'm all in. And they like hug it out. We get this big moment and there we go. So I think they're going to wait to the end and really build it up as something huge right there, right before. We got a WrestleMania Goes Hollywood parody video. It was making fun of parodying the Titanic with Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. Basically, they did the whole at the front of the boat scene. And then Montez was like, didn't happen if there wasn't a picture. So he goes to take a picture with his phone. And they're like, this horn goes off and he drops his phone in the water. And then she's like, well, did you at least upload it to the cloud? And I'm like, well, I don't even think he got the picture taken. So it don't matter. Yeah, kind of dumb, but whatever. And also, I forgot to mention this. Like, let's say KO and Sammy, they do take on the Usos. Should they main event night one? Yes, I do. But I think it's going to end up going to Charlotte and Rhea. I honestly think... It would be cool, though, if it was... If, if they main event the tag team for night one. Because imagine the pop, though, for that. I think Sammy should be in the main event. Sammy's the... I think Sammy's the biggest star they have right now as far as baby faces go. And he should be in the main event, but because the women didn't main event either night last year, I think they're going to have the women main event this year. Night one. I think night one's going to be them, and night two is going to be Cody Roman. So then we, got the, Probably. then we got the Judgment Day backstage. Dominic warned Ray that I'm an ex-con. I'm out of prison. And, well, Mommy's got a match this week on SmackDown, and I'll be there as well. Finn Balor then warned Edge. This isn't over between the two of them. Is that Edge was playing checkers while Balor was playing? It happened, so please give me the Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania. That'd be dope. And have it be a. Demon Finn and Brood Edge. Yep. That'd be awesome as well. Moving forward, Maxine Dupree and the Maximum Male Models approached Otis in the back. Dupree said that they would be delighted to watch him in action tonight if he actually had a match. Otis then said, well, where's Adam Pierce? Adam Pierce! Adam Pierce, I need a match! Give me a match! Give me a match! And he goes and he tries to find Adam Pierce. Next up, we had an almost nine-minute match between Asuka and Carmella. This match just—it was nothing, to be completely honest. You need to like give Asuka a variety of opponents, not just Carmella, right? But like, this was a nothing happening match, to be completely honest. I felt like this was more about Corey Graves being concerned for his wife than anything. Like that was it. And this match was almost nine minutes. The good thing is it didn't feel like it was that long, though. Probably because we had a commercial break. So, Corey Graves screamed about Carmella on commentary for like a minute straight as soon as the match started, saying that she's been doing her homework and studying up on Asuka all week. And then he said, well, you know, Asuka, she's lost to Carmella twice. Carmella's never lost to Asuka. 
Carmella at one point hit a super kick outside of the ring, which led to an early commercial break. Carmella held control throughout that break, and Graves had Kevin Patrick repeat what he had said. He's like, he comes back and he goes, as we come back from the break, Carmella was in control the entire break. And he goes, exactly, Kevin Patrick. Say it again. Uh, Carmella was in control the entire break. And nothing else really happened. Eventually, Asuka put her in her submission. I don't think there's an... I guess they're still calling it the Asuka lock, even though it's a different kind of submission. But Carmella screams and screams and screams and eventually verbally taps or kind of taps. You can't really tap the way the arm's pulled, but yeah. Asuka wins by submission. And there's so nothing happening in this match that I got no notes from it because there's literally nothing happened in this match noteworthy until after the match. Asuka calls out Bianca, who immediately enters. Bianca thought Asuka. She let everyone know that they were going to tear the house down at WrestleMania because if she, because if she said anything else, Belair would remind her why you can't spell WrestleMania without E-S-T. Well, before Asuka could respond, Carmella would deck her from behind, which knocked over Asuka into Belair. Carmella then left and was like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm the best. Mella is money. And then she walked off, and Bianca was all pissed off. So, yeah. About a 10-minute block there that was nothing. It literally just built up Carmella versus Bianca next week. Thoughts? I mean, yeah, there's really nothing to really say about this, to be completely honest. It was 10 minutes and nothing. I mean, at least... There's a reason we're getting um, Carmella and Bianca next week. At least they set something up, and it's not just randomly we're doing that match. Like this next match, Candice LeRae versus Piper Niven. Now, this was kind of random, kind of not, because Piper has threatened Candice in the past. But that was like three or four weeks ago, now they're finally getting to that match. Also, randomly, Nikki Cross came out with Candice, but not with Candice, kind of behind Candice, and stayed at ringside to help her. Match went two and a half minutes. Niven was fully in control, and and at one point was outside the ring. Nikki Cross kind of tried to get involved, so she threw Nikki into the barricade, as it seemed like Cross was about to go after her. A beat-up Kansas LeRae took advantage of this, though, as Niven jumped back into the ring. LeRae caught her with a schoolgirl and pinned her one, two, three. Rolled her up and picked up the victory. Hey, two and a half minutes, they kept it short. It was fine. Nothing wrong with this match at all. Still weird with the Nikki Cross stuff, though. It's got to eventually lead to Sanity coming back. That's what I think. It has to. Because I think last week she said, like, all my friends are gone. And I think it's eventually going to lead to, like, Sanity versus Candice, Johnny, and Dexter. Yeah, I can see it. Byron Saxon interviews Johnny Gargano, who said that he was proud of Candice picking up a win tonight. Judgment Day would then approach and kind of talk crap to Johnny. They made a dig about, uh, no, Gargano made a dig about them going through a goth phase. Damian Priest was impressed with Gargano using the same old goth line. Fowler warned Gargano that he would get squished by Otis tonight. But if he didn't, then Balor would finish the job next week. We then got Miz TV. This is actually... A noteworthy, newsworthy segment. So Miz comes out, and he says, You know what? Y'all want to know what I got in that envelope last week, don't you? What my wife, Maurice, gave me for our ninth anniversary. Well, I'm going to need help. 
from a A-list celebrity to come reveal this for me. Uh, actually, I'm going to need help from the host of WrestleMania this year. And it says The Miz will host WrestleMania. Miz then tells us that is what Maurice set up for him. Maurice actually went and got it set that he will host WrestleMania. Look cool. Miz will be the host of WrestleMania. And if we've learned anything from the past, that almost means nothing. What the hosts usually do is they come out and they open the show. They then later on in the night announce the attendance. And then maybe if there's a surprise, announce a surprise. Like with like when Alexa Bliss was the host, she did like the open with Hogan and that was really kind of it. But when New Day were the host, they opened the show. They announced the attendance and they announced the Hardy's return. So maybe Miz can do a couple of things. Not high hopes for it or anything, but yeah, cool. Wasn't Bailey the host for WrestleMania 37? 37. Um, last year? Or two years ago. It would been two I years ago. She, I think so. It was two years ago. I don't remember, to be honest. Because I know they did a segment where she was like talking smack to a bunch of legends and the, yeah, the, and Bellas. the Bella twins basically... Basically attacked her. I don't want to... I can't remember if she was, like, the actual host. Or if they were... Act, no, no, she wasn't the host. Because Hogan and Titus O'Neil were technically listed as the hosts. So Bailey just hosted the segment or whatever with the, with the, with the, um, the Bellas and whatnot. So, yeah. Technically, I mean, honestly, well, I can see... I could see Miz doing. Maybe he's a, like announcing a legend. The legend, you know, like he's talking trash that legend. That legend just beats up Miz. Well, yeah, we sh they should do some sort of a like Miz TV segment with a legend on one night, kind of like when Piper did Piper's Pit at like WrestleMania 22, 23 or something like that with Austin and JBL. I think it was. From KO did the KO show with right. Stone Cold, right? So this would then lead to Seth Rollins eventually making his way out to the ring, though. Rollins came down with the crowd singing his song, and the Miz says, you know what this means? When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. And they kept singing Seth's song. Oh, oh. and they wouldn't stop, and Miz got a, very annoyed. So Rollins kept, you know, hyping up the crowd to keep going and keep going, and finally Rollins said, yes, I did stomp on you a couple of weeks ago wearing them shoes because I was a jerk. And he's like, you know, you're kind of a B-hole. He goes, I'm not a B, I'm an A. He goes, whoa, really? So you're an A-hole? Miz is like, that's not what I meant. And the crowd starts chanting, asshole, asshole. But it didn't really catch on fully like they thought it would. Rollins said, I'm out here for something, though. I, I need your help. I need you to call Logan Paul for me. Miz is like, excuse me? What? He's like, yeah, I need you to call Logan Paul for me. Miz is like, I'm not doing that. No. He's like, you're a clown. And you don't have anything to do at WrestleMania. And I'm not going to help you get something to do at WrestleMania. And then Rollins would super kick the Miz. He would then steal the Miz's phone, sit down in the Miz's chair, 
and basically used them as his face to unlock the phone and then call Logan Paul. Logan Paul answers, but not actually looking at the phone on FaceTime or voice, whatever you want to call it. It's I don't think it, I don't know. He's like it was pre-recorded. That's what I was trying to get to, but I'm like I don't think so. I don't think so. Anyways, so I don't think if you look at that phone, I don't think like the camera was on for Rollins. No, I don't think it was pre-recorded. Well, actually, now that you say that, yeah, it may have actually been pre-recorded now that you say that because you would have saw the box for Rollins's face on the camera as well. Oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, it probably was. I, I don't do a lot of face video chatting or whatever like that, so I don't know. That's why I didn't hit with me like that, but anyways... Um, Logan Paul answers the phone. He's like, Miz, I told you to stop calling me. I, I don't want to talk to you right now. And says like, hi, Logan. This ain't the Miz. It's Seth Rollins. And he's like, well, what's this all about? And he gets a scared look on his face or whatever. And says like, I want you next week here, Monday Night Raw in Boston. Come accept my challenge or whatever. And, da, 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 da. and then Rollins kind of goaded him into accepting. And he's like, yeah, I'll be there. I'll see you next week. And then he grabs the phone or looks at the phone. He goes, all right, bye, bitch. And he throws the phone. And then he danced. And yeah, it was whatever. Cool that the Miz is going to host, but the rest of it was just meh. They're going to probably officially announce the Mania match, Paul and Rollins next week. Should be a really fun match, though. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Now, so at one point, they almost set Logan Paul versus Cena, which Cena can have a good match with anybody. I'm not saying that that match would have been bad, but I think Logan Paul and Seth would be the better match. I think wasn't the reason why they didn't do that match because Cena probably wanted to work with Theory. Well, that was the original, original Cena plan, even back when Vince was still in charge. And then, like, in the fall... It almost got moved to Logan Paul, but then they ended up ultimately going, nope, 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 we're going to do Austin Theory. Because apparently everybody is super high on Austin Theory. They see him as the next big thing. Kathy Kelly interviewed Damage Control backstage about their title defense. Basically, Bailey just said they weren't worried about anything. After they left, speaking of Austin Theory, Austin Theory would approach Kathy Kelly. He said that it was appropriate that she was interviewing the women's tag team champions, but he was annoyed that people were still talking more about John Cena instead of him and his recent success. Theory then says, I plan on meeting Cena face-to-face next week in Boston. So they, the rumor is that they filmed some stuff with Cena and Theory back in December at SmackDown. We haven't seen any of that, so... What was all that for is the question. Because if they got Cena next week, then why do they need all this old pre-recorded stuff from December that they haven't used yet? I don't know. Maybe they didn't think they were going to get Cena this early. So very interesting just to think about the way they've gone through and some of the things they've done. But I think we get Austin Theory interrupting Cena next week. I mean, Austin Theory kept teasing it. Yeah. He was going to face Cena, so... 
Well, they've essentially been teasing this since last July when Cena showed up for his 20th anniversary thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they replayed the Bray Wyatt segment from SmackDown. Further building Bray and Bobby Lashley. And then Rick Boogs was shown in the back taking notes during this match that only went a minute and a half. It was Bobby Lashley against Elias. Lashley hit a flatliner, a spear, and a hurt lock to pick up the victory. Lashley then grabbed a mic and was like, I'm not in a good mood. He said that he owned Brock Lesnar Elimination Chamber, and yet he's now playing Wyatt's kids games. He goes, I don't play games like a kid. Maybe Bray Wyatt does, but I don't. So this is a warning. Keep my name out of your mouth or else. Bobby goes to leave, and all of a sudden, Bray appears on the big screen with the frickin' Muscle Man Dance. Yes, a new rendition of the Muscle Man Dance. So it's going. We see, like, pictures of Bobby spliced into this video, and they're doing the Muscle Man Dance, and all of a sudden, at the end, it goes, you should run. And then it's over. And Bobby just looks super, super annoyed. Any thoughts? I am not a big fan of like them going back to Firefly Funhouse Bray. Yeah, it's weird because it's like we're supposed to have all these versions of Bray that can show up at any time is what we're supposed to think. But in, like when you return to Extreme Rules, it was like like you saw all those like characters and it was looking like Bray exactly was like, I released you exactly. And now like those characters are back. I don't know, to be honest. Also, uh... My biggest question is, like... Go for it. My, my biggest question is, like, is The Fiend eventually gonna, like, make a return? I mean, you would think maybe. Eventually. I don't know. Probably. Also, uh, Ethan's in the Twitch chat. Stop asking about a Twitch poll. We already ran the Twitch poll, bud. I got the results right here. Don't spam the chat if you ain't got facts. Anyways, uh, Chelsea Green was in the back with Adam Pierce because she ended up in Ottawa, Illinois last week. She then goes, who's ever even heard of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada anyways? And he goes, Chelsea, you're Canadian. You're from Canada. And she's like, oh, well, um, and then Carmelo would interrupt. Carmelo was like, I want to match next week, and I want Bianca. And he's like, you know what? I got to go. Carmella, you can have your match next week. Bye. And then Chelsea's like, man, he's so rude, isn't he? And then her and Carmella kind of like become friends. And there we go. I think Carmella, I'm not Carmella. Um, Chelsea and Adam Pierce have really good on-screen chemistry together. I will say that for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, I kind of like to see Chelsea and Carmella become a tag team. I think that would be really fun. I wouldn't be against it. So then I mean, we, they're both kind of like they're both kind of like their gimmicks. They kind of try to like act a little spoiled. So I think yep. they'll fit really well together. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that at all. I'd be actually kind of cool. Then we had Johnny Gargano against Otis. Interesting. No Gable at all. So that's that's something to look at. But Gargano tried to do a dive, but Otis caught him and dropped him on the announce table early. Otis then did a flex in Dupree's direction before getting back into the ring. Masse grabbed Gargano, so Dexter Loomis then appeared out of the crowd and grabbed Masse. He dragged him, drug him into the crowd. 
Gargano then uses the distraction to DDT Otis on the apron and then give him the one final beat DDT in the ring to pick up the pinfall victory. Gargano and Loomis then gave Dupree a thumbs up from across the ring. So, this is a fun two and a half minute match. I had nothing bad to say about it. I expected maybe a little more, but hey, it was exactly what it needed to be. And both Johnny and Candice won on the same night. So cool. I think Johnny winning was the right decision here, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Kathy Kelly then stated, well, first they mentioned that Cody's going to go to SmackDown this week. And Kathy Kelly was like, well, we don't have a response from Roman Reigns, but we do have a response from the advocate, Paul Heyman. So Heyman said that he loved what Cody said, and he loved that Rhodes wants to confront Roman Reigns. Kelly said, well, to be honest, he never said he would confront Reigns. He just said he would be there on SmackDown. Heyman said, well, he knows better. And he knows that Reigns is going to, or Rhodes wants to invade SmackDown. So Reigns better confront, or Rhodes better confront Reigns, or he will be confronted by Reigns. So basically they're saying, hey, you find Roman on Friday, or Roman's going to find you. I'm interested to see where this finally goes. Because we haven't seen Cody and Roman interact at all. And I think it's going to be really good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially if, like, Roman's in a heated conversation about Jay. And then Cody just interrupts out of nowhere right in the middle of it. Then that will really piss off Roman and be great. Honestly, I feel like for this one, like, Roman just needs to focus on Cody and just leave... Jay to like Jimmy and Solo in this case. Well, then that contradicts last week where Roman basically had Heyman say, you take care of the Jay problem or Roman will be here next week to do it for you. And he didn't take care of the Jay problem, to be honest. But Roman, that's what Roman's initially going to be there. I guess you could say. Or maybe like on SmackDown, he'll just be like, you know what? Jimmy, like you take he tried brother back over here. I'm just going to like focus on Cody. Yeah, maybe. But back downs on Friday and next week, raw is going to be in Boston and one, two, three, four, five things have been announced for next week's show. First off, we do know we'll be getting a face to face between Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. John Cena will also make his return to WWE next week. Kevin Owens will go one-on-one with Solo Sokoa. Johnny Gargano will go one-on-one with Finn Balor. And in a non-title match, Bianca Belair will take on Carmella. All of that led to our main event, Becky Lynch and Lita defend, or challenging the SmackDown or the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships, Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Match went 13 and a half minutes. So Lita and Lynch worked great as a tag team, I thought, and they had very good chemistry in the ring together and whatnot. But they really didn't do much before they actually ended up going to a commercial break. After a break, Lynch dropped Kai and Sky with a DDT, like a DDT slash reverse DDT combo, and then a diamond dust. Sky attacked Lynch as she tried to put Kai in a disarmor, and Sky followed this up with an acai moonsault for a two. Kai and Sky then worked over Lynch until Kai and Lynch dropped each other with clotheslines. Bailey then slid a title belt into the ring to cause a distraction of the referee right as Becky was going to tag Lita. And right at the last second, with the referee distracted, Bailey yanks Lita right off the apron. 
Kind Sky then hit Lynch with a double back suplex and only got a two off of it. Bailey was trying to get in, in, um, like in the ring and interfere again when the music of Trish Stratus would hit. She was sprinting down to the ring and take out Bailey. Trish then hugged Lita and Lita got the hot tag. Sky then um, got knocked down and kicked out of some sort of a move. I don't even know what this was. Lita knocked her down. Lita then eventually uh, goes for the moonsault. But or no, Sky goes for a moonsault. Lita dodges it. Lita then hits a twist of fate. Stratus blocked Bailey from interfering while Lynch blocked Kai from interfering. Lita then finally does hit the moonsault and pins EO Sky to become the new women's tag team champions. There we go. New tag team champions. Trish and or Trish jumps in the ring and celebrates with the new champions. And then Pyro goes off, and you can tell none of them were expecting the Pyro because they all kind of went, whoa, hey, that's cool. And then the show went off the air as this seemed like it went a little long because the pin was like 30 seconds before the show was over. But what did you think of the main event and the subsequent title change? I did not expect them to put the titles on Becky and Lita tonight. I did not expect that at all. I mean, I kind of expect, I'll say this. I was more expecting it than not, but if they didn't do it, I wouldn't have been like, ah, I didn't see that. I I really thought, you know, I wouldn't have been like shocked by them keeping the belts on the champions, but I kind of a little more expected it than not, I guess I would say. The question, what do they do with the tag belts at Mania? Do they just do a rematch or... Do they defend against somebody else? They're really building up Ronda and Shayna as a like threatening tag team. So they got some options here. There's like three options I see. A, just a straight-up rematch. Dakota Kai and Neo Sky against Becky and Lita. B, somehow, Adam Pierce maybe makes it to where, okay, Dakota and Neo, you can get your rematch, but we're also going to get a team from SmackDown. And so that way there's champions and then a Raw representing team and a SmackDown representing team. Or you say, screw Ronda and Shayna. You add Trish and Bayley and it's a non-title six-woman tag at WrestleMania. So I think there's three different options here that you can go with. Honestly, if it was me, I'd probably do the triple threat tag. Same. Because I think Ronda and Shayna should be the tag champs oh i'd love that i would love that because like we've already seen damage control as tag champs they've been tag champs long enough so i think it's time to like switch it up and put it on someone who would group of women that would work full-time exactly i don't really see lita like being a champion full-time no but with that guys that is everything that took place tonight on monday night raw with that, you know what we thought of the show. Now it's time to figure out what you guys thought of tonight's Monday Night Raw as far as the polls do go. So let's refresh all of these really quickly. So as far as the Twitch poll does go, 63% liked the show and 38% thought it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 50% liked the show. 36% thought it was just all right. And 13% did not like it. As far as the YouTube community poll does go, 
71% liked the show, 23% thought it was just all right, and 7% did not like it. Reading some of the comments here. Person says, anytime I get Trish, or anytime I get, yeah, Trish, it's a great episode. Uh, this person says, call me crazy, but I think this is a swerve. Oh, no, it's the same thing. Someone's saying that they're swerving it, and then Miz is not really going to be the host. He's going to set up the Rock and Roman. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Don't spam people's shit with bullshit. It's not, that's not a swerve. Miz is the legit host. Person says, loved it, and that's it. As far as the Twitch, no, YouTube live poll. Let's end that. Get that right here. 73% liked the show. 15% thought it was just all right. And 10% did not like Raw. With that, guys, that's going to wrap everything up. I do want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, we will be back live on Wednesday evening following AEW Dynamite. And it's going to be a good episode, or it should be a big episode of Dynamite because... It's the go-home show for this Sunday's AEW Revolution pay-per-view. So we got a number of AEW shows coming up this week. But with that, guys, have a great rest of your night. Luke, tell them where they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petke. And with that, guys, have a great night. You can follow us on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, all the places. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.